Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbury. Hello! 22nd episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury, produced by the vulgar poets Kate and Niles Thornburg, recorded on Tuesday, July 16th, 2019. But you're listening to this whenever you so choose because it's a podcast. And you're listening to it at perception.fireside.fm. And I thank you for doing that. And I ask you to share the show. All right. uh, Cut that. Cut that music. Let's get that going out of here as fast as we can. Because we got to get into talking and quit this nonsense. All right. So, folks, it is the 22nd episode of Perception is Reality. My name is Christopher Bilbury. I am your humble host. Not so humble host. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty humble. The title of this episode is What a Day, What It Means. So, here's the deal, folks. Uh, Generally, I talk in... Pretty general parameters, I guess. I don't know what I would say. I I talk in generalities. I talk widely open, meaning I don't talk about just what happens, you know, real specifically, like I'm focusing just all of my information and this whole show on my community in Winchester or about Muncie, because while if you're from Winchester and if you're from Muncie, I love you. And I want you to listen. But if you are from Kansas City, or if you're from Houston, Texas, or if you're from Las Vegas, I want you to listen because I want you to be a citizen who is engaged with your community in your hometown. And you don't have to live in Muncie or Winchester or Gaston or Anderson or Richmond to appreciate this. Yes, I am not lost on the fact that the majority of my listeners come from Indiana. And that's great because all of my listeners live in communities, whether it's towns, cities, or out in the country, out in counties, where they deal with mayors and county clerks and commissioners and so on and so forth. So I want everybody to be able to listen to this show 
and get a sense of, ugh, I want to get involved. Ugh, I want to ask questions. Man, I want my community to be the best that it can be. I want my community to be great for my kids, and I want to be proud that I'm involved, and I want to know all of my community members and my leaders, and when there are candidates for office, whether it's town, city, or county government, I want to know who they are, and I want to know what they stand for, and I want to be able to vote for them in good conscience, knowing that they have what I want in an official And by God, if they get in office and they do something different than what they're supposed to be doing, then I'm going to hold their feet to the fire and I'm going to question them and I'm going to make sure we vote their asses out at the very next possible election. And you can do that in every community that you live in. Hell, there are people that listen to this from Germany and from England. And while I'm not exactly sure what goes on in small communities outside of the United States of America, there's nothing that stops citizens from across the seas in being good citizens and trying to improve their communities there. So I want to thank you all for listening and let you know This show is for you all. So where I'm going with that is I generally talk so I can just kind of talk about what's happening in my existence and how you can apply that to the fight. And I try to make you feel power in numbers and knowing you have somebody you can talk to. But today is going to be a little bit different because... I have some information pertaining to very specific communities because today in the last, I would say, 24 hours has been a whirlwind in local government. And I have a majority of my listeners who care about what's going on in the local governments closest to where I am at in my home base. So... There's craziness going on in Winchester and Randolph County. There's craziness going on in Delaware County, in Muncie, in Gaston. So if you remember back, this podcast is not episodic. You could listen to episode one, and you could listen to this episode. And then you could go back and listen. You could listen to it in reverse order. You could listen to this episode, and then the last episode. And you don't have to listen to this week's to understand next week's. But... It doesn't hurt, and if you recall back to just Saturday's episode when the show was about nothing and I said the quiet before the storm, I do want to point out a quick (laughs) programming note. Although it seems like there's been a storm of activity and it's all been crazy, and most of you, if you're listening, are probably familiar with all of this stuff I'm talking about. For those of you that don't, we're going to get into it here in a minute, and it's going to be an exciting story, so whether or not you're from the communities, at least you'll have something interesting to listen to. But this was not the storm that I was talking about. There is still a storm coming, and when it does get here, you will know because I will be the weatherman. 
and I will let you know that that's the storm that I was referring to. So if you recall back to to just Saturday's show, the 21st episode called Nothing, A Quiet Before the Storm, this is not the storm I was referring to, first and foremost. And it's crazy because just a few days back, a few days ago, what, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, three days ago, there was nothing happening, or I was telling you about that, and we were talking about that being good, and you needed to charge up your batteries because craziness occurs, and when it does, you need to be ready. And uh, so that's kind of funny, but it's also interesting because, like I said, that's not what I was talking about. So all this stuff was kind of unplanned. I mean, it was kind of unplanned. Some of it was in the works and some of it has been known about, but there's some stuff coming. And when it does, I will absolutely let you know. And of course, I'll talk about it here on the podcast. But I want to talk about what happened in both of the communities that I love and call home, Winchester and Muncie. And of course, I'm going to talk about what happened in or what's going on in Gaston. And there's some stuff going on in Anderson that I'm probably not going to get to this episode. But keep in mind out there, there's some craziness going on in Anderson, Madison County, Indiana. And I'm going to be looking into that and talking about that real soon. So if you're from Anderson or you're interested in that or you know what's going on over there, I'm going to be talking about that as I look for information and do some investigating here in the next couple days on either my recorded podcast or the live Facebook podcast. So if you're interested in that and that deals with the arrest of the police officer and the chief of police, stay tuned for that. But up next, we're going to talk about Muncie, the FBI investigation going on there, raids that occurred at City Hall and other locations throughout the day on Tuesday, and my thoughts and feelings as to how that pertains to us as citizens trying to better local government. This is the Community Spotlight, where Bill Bree looks directly at a community in need of a bit closer examination. In the words of Tip O'Neill, all politics is local, and we're about to get local. So first and foremost, let's get into the big, big, big news that a good majority of people are listening for. The city government of Muncie has been in turmoil for the last four years, since 2015. And if you live in Muncie and you're a listener of the podcast, of course, you're fully aware. But we do have people who listen that aren't from Muncie, so I'm going to have to talk about it from the beginning a little bit. Um, We have a mayor in charge in Muncie who is a Democrat, Dennis Tyler, and we have a pretty predominantly ran Democrat city council. So the Democrats are basically in control. Um, And we have a multi-year, multi-faceted FBI federal investigations, uh, Internal Revenue Service, Department of Justice, federal investigations going on in the city of Muncie. And they're looking into corruption, corruption by our elected officials and then the appointed department heads or appointed 
uh, city officials. Uh, it has seen absolutely, we have absolutely seen the arrest or indictment and charges been brought up on various officials, various people connected to the city of Muncie. And so that's happened. And of course, we all believe that there are still folks that are out there that are going to be or are yet to have been indicted. We are looking right now at the United States versus Craig Nichols, 17-CR-0021-T0001. dash is in Tom, W as in William, P as in Paul, dash D as in David, M as in Mary, L as in Lincoln. And that is a federal case. And Mr. Nichols, Craig Nichols, is the son of Phil Nichols, who we've talked about on this podcast. Phil Nichols is what I call the puppet master. And Craig Nichols is currently serving time in federal prison for his role in various acts of corruption within city government. And that started because of there being buildings that were apparently being torn down that weren't being torn down. And do you know how that got kicked off? How this investigation got kicked off was through watchdogs, community watchdogs, citizens in the community that thought, hey, wait a minute. This isn't right. Things aren't going on as they seem. And so they started doing some digging, started requesting records through records requests, which I talk about all the time, and they are my favorite tool. And I want to encourage you all out there in podcast land to consider using a record request to get information. And so they kind of got this ball rolling, and then it seems like the FBI came into town and started talking to officials and started talking to employees and started talking to business owners and started talking to, like, everybody. And every rock they kicked over, two more snakes popped out. So now you have a situation in which one at which it often happens in cases like this you have a situation in which they came in looking for one investigation and one situation and now they're dealing with god no only knows what's going on so craig nichols was what kind of kicked it off he's actually doing time we also currently are seeing the united states versus tracy barton which was a muncie sanitary district supervisor he has not went to court yet. That is 18CR284-JMS-DLP. We also have the United States versus Jeff Burke. 18CR285-SEB-DLP. And the United States versus Rodney Barber. 19 cr 
190-JMS-DML. And we then also, now today, have two more indictments against one, a Muncie City employee, which is the administrator for the Muncie Sanitary District, and her name is Deborah Nicole Grigsby, or she goes by Nikki Grigsby, and she's the administrator of the Muncie Sanitary District. And then we also have a gentleman, Tony Franklin, who was also indicted. Tony Franklin is the owner of Franklin Building and Design, LLC, in Muncie. And they were indicted today after a pretty exciting day of raids in Muncie. And so this morning kicked off, I believe... And I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty positive that this platform, Perception is Reality, with the help of a source related to city government and a few other sources within law enforcement and city government, helped to break this story this morning. I believe that I am the first person, this is the first platform, Perception is Reality is the first platform to have brought this news to the local community. Meaning, the FBI was raiding the City Hall. They were at City Hall this morning as early as 8 a.m., maybe a little earlier. And they were going back and forth between the first floor offices of the Muncie Sanitary District Administrator and Muncie Sanitary District Billing. They essentially closed the offices off. There were signs there that said, these offices are closed today. And they were briskly walking back and forth. They put paper up so people couldn't see in. And I was there for a little bit. You had news stations from Indianapolis there. You had the Star Press was there for a bit. And uh, you have a, a woman who, hopefully you'll hear this, Rose Selvey was there. I said that I deputized her today to be a on-the-ground reporter, on-the-ground correspondent taking video. She was there for a good portion of all of this getting a lot of great shots I, I met up with her a little bit there and uh, so I appreciate everything that she did there and uh, it was interesting they were going back and forth and then not too long into this I was made aware of the fact that they also were out at Nikki Grigsby's home and they were out at the actual Muncie Sanitary District, the main buildings where all the work occurs. This is the office in City Hall. And so they served a couple of search warrants. And just around 11 o'clock, I was made aware of, or 11.30, somewhere right around in there, I was made aware of 
two quote-unquote arrests, meaning the FBI was in the process of taking two individuals who were not free to go against their will down to Indianapolis to have them in front of the judge. And just a little after 4.30 or 5 p.m., I received the 11-page indictment. And so in one document stamped by the United States District Court in the Southern District of Indiana, the Indianapolis Division, you have one indictment and you have the United States of America plaintiff versus Deborah Nicole Grigsby and Tony Franklin. Now, all the other people that I talked about just a moment ago, Craig Nichols, Tracy Barton, Jeff Burke, Rodney Barber, they have all went through this. They've all been raided, search warrants were issued, and they were either asked to come in or whatnot. There's been at least one other raid where it involved a Muncie City police officer who was a partner in a lot of business ventures with Jeff Burke. He is a longtime Muncie City police officer. He is involved with a lot of different business ventures with Mr. Burke and has been a key player in Muncie City police and Muncie government for quite some time. His house was raided and his businesses were looked at. Of course, we're talking about Muncie City police officer Jesse Neal. And so all of these people go through this situation where I believe they talk to the FBI or the FBI is wanting to talk to them. Maybe they don't give information. And it seems like grand jury testimony occurs. The grand jury comes back with their indictment. And then search warrants slash arrest warrants are issued. And they go to either their office or their home or locations where they may have information. And then they're taken in and they're indicted and then nothing really happens. It takes a minute to get going. I mean, this has been going on since 2015. And the reason I'm talking about this is this is a major, major hot button issue in Muncie. We have an election that we're right in the middle of. In May of 2019, we had the primary and just in a couple months in November, we'll be having the general election. And I interviewed 48 candidates, of which 40 of those, 42 of those, I believe, were Muncie candidates. And every single one of them talked about corruption, talked about the FBI investigation. This is something that even if you live in the small communities like Yorktown, Gaston, Eaton, Albany, Daleville, DeSoto, Selma, York Cowan, and or if you live in Anderson or if you live in Hartford City, everybody knows about this investigation going on in Muncie. Moreover, everybody knows that Muncie slash Delaware County has supposed to have been dirty and corrupt forever. And so what you have is you have a situation where whether the stories are true or the stories are not true about the politics and the dirt and the grime and the corruption and the crime and the crap and the shit. Now that all seems true. It's kind of like how they talk about how, you know, obviously the past 
sets up the future and the past defines the future, but the future can define the past. And that's very much what's happening. Now it doesn't matter what happened in the 50s and the 40s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. What's happening right now makes everything that has ever been talked about in Muncie true, whether in fact it really is or not. But that's what it does. And so you've got a situation where you have a bunch of citizens who are at least claiming that they're tired of this. We had a real kind of shitty go with the mayor, McShirley. She was a Republican, and you had a lot of Democrats that stepped up to the plate, and a lot of Republicans, for that fact, that stepped up to the plate and said, we need something different. So Dennis Tyler ran, and everybody knew who Dennis Tyler was. There was no kidding anybody. He was a 214. He's a retired Muncie fireman. He was the Delaware County Democrat Party chairman for quite some time. He was the 34th District State Representative. He took over for Tiny Adams. And he did that for a while, and then he left that to run for the mayor of Muncie. And everybody knew what the deal was with him. But at the time, he wasn't Sharon McShirley, so he won his race. And then when he was up for re-election for a second term, the Republicans didn't run anybody against him. So he won hands down, and he thought... Hell, I've got this. And moreover, the people around him thought, hell, he's got this. And so that's when the stuff really started happening. Now, yeah, I think that he's probably going to be in trouble, and I have definitely spoke out about him. However, I don't think he is the highest person in the deck. When you talk about the ace card the high player, the person above Dennis Tyler, in my opinion, is Phil Nichols. But here's what's got to happen, folks. You've had a situation where nobody ran against him, and so he and his team and the Democrats, others outside of his control, started to think, we can do what we want. This is something I've talked about many, many times. People don't start off just going crazy balls-to-the-wall corruption. They start off doing small things or little things happen. And then what happens over time is they start not getting caught, they get away with something, and they think, wait a minute, I can do this. And then it leads to tearing down a building where there wasn't a building and getting hundreds of thousands of dollars for work you're not doing. And wire fraud and lying to officials and really going out of your way to steal tax dollars and pad your pockets. Something that everybody who is interested in this stuff should watch. If you're listening to this show, which I know you are, Jordan, and the rest of you, if you're listening to this show and you're liking this and you're intrigued by what goes on, you really need to watch the documentary All the Queen's Horses. It really details how things like this can happen. It's a documentary about a town in Illinois where a like clerk treasurer 
stole, embezzled, whatever you want to call it, millions and millions of dollars. It was the largest fraud case in the world, I believe they said, at one point. And she... What she did with everything and how she went about it and how she looked at what she was doing and why she did it. And it really speaks to what's going on here, in my opinion. I think it's very interesting to see what goes on. But here's the problem. For so long, citizens have set back and done nothing. And now I'm going to jump on the citizens back here for a minute and chew you guys out for a moment because... With all this going on, and with the FBI coming in and helping clean some house, and with the FBI coming in and busting some heads and taking people out and indicting people and sending people to federal prison, Muncie citizens sat on their ass and did nothing at the polls in May. They had very low turnout. Now, I can understand people being just so sick of all of this that they're like, yo, I have checked out. I do not care. I am done. King of apathy. I get it, folks, but let me explain to you. If you do that, the bad will flourish. Here's what's going to happen. One day, this FBI investigation will end. And it's either going to end with them taking out who they have and maybe a few other people. Or it might end with them taking out Dennis Tyler and Phil Nichols and five, six, seven, eight, nine police officers or whatever. Or all of the government. Say they take them all. If citizens set by and do nothing, these people are like cockroaches. Evil will flourish if good doesn't step up. And if we don't turn out to the polls, and I don't care where I'm talking, I don't mean just Muncie. Hell, Winchester had shitty turnout. Indianapolis had shitty turnout. No one, nowhere, is safe from this. You cannot sit back and say it doesn't matter because, by God, it does People win and people lose elections by 24 votes, by 8 votes, by 3 votes, by 100 votes. 100 is nothing. 100 is nothing. I talk to 100 people a day on the phone. Those people could make the difference in a vote. And so... You know, it's great, and everybody's so fired up for this, and everybody loves this, and I post these news briefs, and I post the indictments, and I post the pictures, and everybody gets on here and makes comments, and it's most shared posts, and they're high, and everyone's like, yeah, this is great, and then nobody does anything about it. And that's why this show is so important, and I want to just tell you, that's the point of me talking about this right now. Yeah, it's fun and it's exciting that this stuff's going on and it's great that they're taking out this bad part of our local government. But let me be clear. Let me be very, very, very clear. If you do not vote, 
And if you don't pay attention to who you're voting for, then this all does not matter. And what's going to happen is the evil will find ways back through the cracks and they will rebuild. I'm telling you all right now, there is a plot right now as we speak. As I say this into the microphone... And as you're listening to this in your ear, 31 minutes into this podcast, there is a plot by officials, by Democrat Party higher-ups, by the Central Committee, by 214, by folks in the city of Muncie to be the next powerhouse 214 Central Committee. They see Dennis Tyler as a lame duck, weak link, he's done, it doesn't matter. If he serves out the rest of his term and he moves off to Florida, if he's indicted, whatever, it doesn't matter. Because there is a counselor on the council and she has a whole war team of people who are working to put her in place to be the next head of the 214. And I'm telling you right now, what I've seen from her just as a counselor and as a candidate, she's every bit as scary as what everyone thinks Dennis Tyler or Phil Nichols is. She is Phil Nichols 2.0. That's Nora Powell. And I'm telling you right now, as much as I spoke out about Sean Byram in the state representative's race in 2018, I will speak out about Nora Powell. I don't have a vote in this race. I do not get to vote in Muncie. I don't vote in Muncie. But I'm telling the citizens of Muncie right now, Democrat, Republican alike, you need to vote for any of the other five candidates. Nora Powell is a sitting city council member at large. There are three at-large members. That means there are three Democrats running and there are three Republicans running. And I don't care what the makeup is. Yeah, it would be nice. I would say it would be nice for a change if the three at-large members were Republicans. I don't see that happening this election. Even with all of this crap going, the Democrats are going to retain, in my opinion, possibly two at-large seats. I think it's going to break down to two Democrats, one Republican. But I'm telling you folks right now, Nora Powell cannot be that Democrat chair. One of those. Right now in her position as at-large council member, She sits on the finance committee as the chair. She's in the same situation that Phil Nichols was when he was on the council in the 1990s. And she's setting herself up and her team is setting her up to be the next powerhouse. And she's got a lot of people fooled. And this is not just about her. This is about the whole thing in general. I saw someone made a comment today 
they said you know, something to the effect of they didn't like seeing that people were stumbling and that people enjoyed it. They didn't like to see, you know, they don't take pleasure or find enjoyment when people stumble. When you're an elected official and you're working for the citizens, you don't get to stumble. You don't get to stumble. And so, you know, I, yeah, I understand what he's saying. I'm absolutely okay with what his sentiments are there. You shouldn't take pleasure in other people's pain. But when you're an elected or appointed official, when you're a police officer, a fireman, EMS, when you're the mayor, when you're a city, town, counselor, or county counselor, or county commissioners, or the clerk, or the Muncie Sanitary District Administrator, or the street department people. You are representing the city government in whatever smaller role you have. And you're not the same thing as the person who works the cash register at McDonald's. Not putting down people that work at McDonald's, but when you're representing the city... You don't get a stumble, and when you do stumble, and if you do make a mistake like this, and the people want to call you out and want to send you down the road packing, then that's what it is, and you don't get to throw a fit about it. That's what it is. People make mistakes. People should be forgiven. People should get second chances. I pray for every one of these people. I don't want anything bad to happen to any of them. I don't want anything bad to happen to Nora Powell. I hope they all have wonderful lives. I hope everything gets smoothed out and everything's great. I just don't want these people being leaders anymore. But here's why I'm talking about this, folks. Because the city of Muncie says they're tired of this. The FBI is coming in to help you all. But... Yet, are you going to sit on your butt and not do anything? Or are you going to step up to the plate and are you going to take the initiative and do what you should do and do what you need to do? Are you going to do that? Are you going to sit back and say, well, these people just stumbled and I, I'm not taking pleasure in that and I'm sorry and just let them go on? Or are you going to say, okay, no more, enough is enough and thank you for your service, thank you for whatever it is that you've done, but we're moving on to the next thing. We're going to try to do better, and that's what all of you citizens out there listening need to do, and I don't care if it's Muncie or Winchester or wherever. You need to get your courage up. You need to be able to speak out. You need to go to council meetings. You need to meet up with like-minded people. You need to talk with people that you don't necessarily always agree with. You need to talk to everyone. And you need to be willing to debate and go back and forth and to listen to different ideas and to express your ideas and to do what's best for your community. And what's not best is sitting on your hands saying somebody else will do it. Because no one else is coming to rescue you. I can't do this alone, folks. I need your help. I'm here and I will help you. Wherever. But 
you're going to have to carry some of the weight. Okay, real quick before I get into talking about the situation in Winchester and then a brief little aside for Gaston, I do want to read the press release that was given by the United States Attorney. And this is the press release on the situation in Muncie. United States Attorney Josh J. Minkler announced today that Deborah Nicole Grigsby, Nikki Grigsby, the district administrator for the Muncie Sanitary District, and Tony Franklin, the owner of Franklin Building and Design, LLC, have been indicted on charges of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Wire fraud, making false statements, and falsification of documents in a federal investigation. Grigsby, 44, of Muncie, Indiana, and Franklin, 60, of Yorktown, Indiana, were arrested this morning, Tuesday, July 16, 2019, without incident, and will have their initial appearance this afternoon at the federal courthouse in Indianapolis. The arrests are part of a multi-year and ongoing investigation by the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Internal Revenue Service into the payment of kickbacks in exchange for public works projects and other corruption-related matters in Muncie that have resulted in the following federal cases. United States versus Craig Nichols, United States versus Tracy Barton, United States versus Jeff Burke, United States versus Rodney Barber. And he goes on to say the following, public servants need to serve the public instead of serving themselves. When someone betrays the public's trust by stealing tax dollars for personal enrichment, my office will identify, investigate, and if the evidence supports a charge, prosecute the individual who violates that sacred trust. It then goes on to say that Grigsby has served in the Muncie Sanitary District as the district administrator since 2013 and was responsible for approving the section of contractors to perform work on the Muncie Sanitary District's infrastructure projects. The indictment alleges that Grigsby abused her position of public trust and agreed to steer contracts for work arising out of infrastructure projects for the Muncie Sanitary District to Tony Franklin, the owner of Franklin Building and Design, LLC, in exchange for kickbacks. The indictment and arrest of these two individuals is one more step in an ongoing investigation to identify any and all public officials or private citizens who have committed federal crimes and victimized the tax-paying citizens of the city of Muncie, Indiana, said Gret Mendenhall, special agent in charge of the FBI's Indianapolis Division, investigating public officials who exploit their official position for personal gain and erode the public's confidence in government is one of the FBI's 
top criminal priorities and is the sole purpose of the Indiana Public Corruption Task Force. According to Assistant U.S. Attorney Tiffany Preston, who is prosecuting this case for the government, Grigsby and Franklin face up to 20 years imprisonment if convicted of all charges. So you can hear it here, folks. You can see it from the FBI and for the United States attorneys that are representing the state and the federal government and working on behalf of the citizens. They don't like what's going on and they're trying to help you. But it's going to take you doing your part and all of us to take care of this. You're going to have to come together, Muncie, and you're going to have to fight for better government through your citizen involvement. Perception. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, and so next we move on to the Winchester-Randolph County area, and I want to talk about that just real briefly before we wrap up this evening. I haven't discussed this yet really in detail, but it's something that I've been paying attention to for the last couple months. In Winchester, we have an airport. It's the Randolph County Airport. It's just to the east of Winchester, and it's ran by the county. There's an airport administrator, and there's an airport board. It's a seven-person board, and there were employees out there, and back... Last year, they cut one of the employees to part-time, and a lot of other nonsense occurred. And this gentleman is Niles Thornburg. He recently ran for mayor of Winchester. He has been very outspoken about what's going on in Winchester and been very outspoken about what's going on in Randolph County. He's been on the show both on the live Facebook version and in this recorded audio version of the podcast. He is also one half of the producing team of the Vulgar Poets, Kate and Niles Thornburg. So he's somebody that I'm very familiar with. He is somebody that you all have heard from before. He is a United States military veteran. He is a combat veteran and uh, is kind of a, a no-shit-taken person. And, you know, common sense, get to the point, get to the meat of it, and do what's right. If you do what's wrong, you deserve to be got, and that's the deal. So, he did an interview on my show sometime back in November or December, and he spoke out about some things that were going on. And a Randolph County Commissioner, Michael Wickersham had a problem with him speaking out. I think Mr. Wickersham has a problem with me and has a problem with my show, which means what's he hiding? He's hiding a lot. He's part of the nonsense, broken government that we have in Winchester. I've been outspoken about Mr. Wickersham in the past. I will continue being outspoken against him, and that's that. So, Mr. Wickersham apparently didn't like that Niles decided to interview on my show, and so he wanted the airport administrator to fire him, and he wouldn't. And so, they brought it before the airport board, 
and he wanted the airport board to fire him, and the airport board handled it as the board should have. They had an executive meeting. During the executive meeting, they played the podcast, which is comical, because they were sitting in there listening to this show and listened to the interview. And when the interview and the podcast was over, the airport board decided that <laughs> Niles had the First Amendment right. Thank God they decided that. You know, it wasn't like they just knew it because he's a United States citizen. But they decided that it was his First Amendment right to speak out. He wasn't doing it on county time. He wasn't working when he did the interview. He didn't name anybody, and he didn't do or say anything worth being fired over. So they dealt with the situation appropriately. They did not fire him. They did not infringe upon his First Amendment rights. Well, Wickersham, not one to be told no has been throwing a fit over this since sometime in January of this year. And they had talked, the commissioners, they are the commissioners, had talked about just getting rid of the board because then what they could do is appoint a board that would fire Niles. And so you have a situation where if you don't do what we want, we'll just get rid of you and we'll get somebody in here that will do, that will violate Niles' First Amendment right. Six, seven, eight months later, it don't matter how long, it does not matter because I am Michael Wickersham. So that's been looming over everybody's heads. And guess what yesterday was? It was Monday, which means that was the county council, county commissioners meetings in Randolph County, similar to how last night was the Winchester City Council meeting. And so during the Randolph County commissioners meeting yesterday, they fired the Randolph County Airport Board. And the reason they fired the Randolph County Airport Board and this is by Wickersham's words, they would not discipline by firing this employee for speaking on my show. Wickersham says that the board does not believe that the Randolph County Handbook applies to airport employees. And additionally, none of the Randolph County Airport Board addressed a complaint against the employee who spoke on the podcast. Wickersham said Niles expressing his frustration with what the county and city at the time were doing that he broke policy and Wickersham wanted Niles gone. Now I'll tell you, had the board fired Niles Thornburg, I really believe that Niles would have had a legal action against the airport, the airport board, and the county. And I feel as though the airport board probably has a legal action against the commissioners and Michael Wickersham. And so I just want to end this show 
where I'm just trying to figure out what exactly in the hell is going on with everybody just going crazy. All the raids in Muncie and Wickersham going in and firing a seven-person board. I just want everybody to say, oh my god, look, it could be quiet and peaceful, and then BAM! All of a sudden, this could come on and it gets crazy, and you need to be prepared for that. That's what I was talking about during Saturday's show. And when it is going crazy, you have to be able to think on your feet. You have to be strong. You have to be willing to keep it going toward the goal. And you have to be able to give it to them. And I'm telling you right now, it's actions like what Wickersham's doing, which breeds corruption. What I see in Winchester and Randolph County is where Muncie and Delaware County was probably in like the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, around that time, where if we don't get a handle on it in Winchester, bad stuff will be happening. And that's what really, really concerns me, because I see the writing on the wall. I see where Muncie was. I see where Muncie is. I see where Winchester and Randolph County currently are, and I absolutely see where we're going. And I'm telling you that Wickersham just created a political enemy in me doing what he did. He overstepped his bounds. He is in the wrong. He was in the wrong. And Commissioner Wickersham is going to have to answer questions to why he felt like he did this, and if he feels as though he's just going to sidestep it and do the regular old Winchester-Randolph County official crap where they're silent and they don't answer questions, that's not going to cut it with me. Buddy, I've heard he's not running for re-election. I sure as hell hope he's not. If he is, we'll do whatever we can to beat him and to campaign great candidates against him and do what we can to ensure he is no longer on the commissioner's board because what he and the people like him do is not good and is not trying to better the community. It's trying to better his idea. It's trying to better his situation. It's trying to better his few and far between friends. It's not doing what's right for the community. Doing what he did at this board meeting on Monday when he fired the Randolph County Airport Board because they wouldn't violate an employee's First Amendment right shows he is out of whack and out of touch. And the reason I'm talking about this is because it's like, what in the hell happened? And I'm using it for an example to show you folks, you got to wake up and you got to understand, we can't abide by this any longer. It's time for Wickersham and those like Wickersham a to-go. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. 
All right, folks. Well, that's our show. I want to thank you for listening, for tuning in. Remember, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury at perception.fireside.fm. Continue listening. Continue sharing the show. Thank you for all that you do. Until next time, be safe, God bless, and we'll talk to you real soon. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember... Perception Perception is is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.